You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello. Hi, everybody. I have my head in my hands because I just cannot believe what I'm reading in front of me. Oh, let's get right to it, shall we? Yes. This is priceless. So, my husband, Sean, emails me. He'll email me random things during the day, and sometimes they're funny, and I email him funny clips, like, you know, the dog playing with the piglet and that. And he said to me, how did he put it? He said, you might want to take a breath before you read this. I have to... Yes. I... I can't even explain it. Oh, he said, prepare yourself. That's what he just said. So go ahead and describe a website he showed me. The After after the Rapture. Yes? Yes. So this is the website, um, which is called After the Rapture Pet Care. Yes. And so um, if for all those non-Christians out there, and I'm a Christian, I'm not making fun of Christians before people write in. No. We're not making fun of Christians. I'm just. But I'm, we are making fun of this woman. We're and because uh, this is insane. And we're celebrating somebody's ingenuity. I will tell well, you that. Yeah, but. I mean, great way to make money. <laughs> so, and I, I'm Jewish. So, with the okay. rapture, it's a. So yes, okay. After the rapture, where all the non-Christians will remain, right, on Earth, as the Christians are taken up, right. Who are going to look after? Who is going to look after your pets? Which is a concern if you die or you go away, somebody has to care for your animals. Of course. But <laughs> when the rapture comes and you go off to ever, wherever the Christians are going to go off to, your pets will be left because dogs and cats don't go to heaven. But wait, your pets- don't despair. <sighs> there is an answer and a solution. And that would be this woman's website for $10. You mail her $10 and she will... Make sure that one of her non-Christian friends or non-believer friends will take care of your pets while you're gone, while you're away. I was thinking, dang it, I'm a Jew. This could be a moneymaker for me because I will be here. But for the record, Vic, you're a good friend. I will watch Sadie and Jasmine for you. Just give me your security code and your key and I will take care of your pets. Thank you so much. (laughs) But what's really frightening about this is that they have about 81,000 likes. (laughs) (laughs) 81,000 well, likes. If that's $10 a piece. So, okay. So, what is that? She, her name is Sharon Moss, right? Mm-hmm. She says, in the fall of 2009, a non-believer friend of mine named Carol brought up a question. Hey, if you get raptured, what happens to Petey? Which is a the good pet. question, yeah. It's an excellent question. She didn't have an answer for it. Little did Carol know that she, her friend obsessed about this. And Carol was a non-believer. She didn't realize that Carol was considering the possibility that rapture actually might happen. And what would happen to the pets left behind? (laughs) (laughs) Our producer has a good sense of humor. Oh, my Um, Anyway, so, I mean, here's the deal. I I get that. Like, here's my suggestion, too. 
If you are a Christian and um, you know are going to go with the rapture, maybe now's the time just to make friends with a Jew or a Muslim or a non-believer, and then just sort of you know if you. You know, I'll wash your car if you wash, take care of my pets when I'm gone or something. I think that would be a whole lot. Anyway, so I sent it to my dad. My dad's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> he responded. He wanted to know if he said, if you said, if I said, because I said, dad, I said, this could be a side business, right, for us and our family. He said, if you do, he recommends the name Roadkill LLC. <laughs> um, anyway, but I mean, okay. hey, it does bring up a question. What happens to your pets? But, you know, a bigger, better question about this, which I think, okay, so out of this to genius, I think some point we should have a discussion here and maybe a few episodes down the road about aftercare for your pet. Because, you know, many people, unfortunate accidents happen. We take care of our children. We take care of, but you know, what do you do with your pet? I agree. And that is a very legitimate concern. But what I don't get with this website <laughs> and with this woman. How are they going to get everywhere? I, I, well, I don't know. Uh, okay. So if you want to be, all right, if you want to be a pet caretaker, mm -hmm. if you want to register as an after the rapture pet caretaker, <laughs> You have to be atheist or another non-Christian religion. Right, like you me. have to love I animals. I could do it. Yep. To register with us, even though you might not believe that there's going to be a rapture right. as a non-Christian. I'm just going to wonder where'd everybody go. Yeah, they've got to be volunteers. So right. you better, you, you know, you're not going to make any money out of this. You're just volunteering, well, even though people who register have to pay her ten dollars. Right. They have to pay her $10. Hmm. You don't have to be, as a volunteer, right. you, that's it. You're not getting paid to be an after-the-rapture pet caretaker. You can get some great gear, though. You can get a right. mug. Oh, a mug. It okay. says, be prepared for the rapture. Oh, but here's a here's a good uh, sign, by the way. All her data about the registered pets is on the Google servers. It's the most secure servers in the world. So you're fine putting all <laughs> your personal information. Absolutely. And oh, and their their servers in Lansing, Michigan, away from political and military hotspots to minimize the chance of destruction if there's a post rapture war. <laughs> I know, bless her heart. I mean, I bet you she'd be. I would love to have dinner with her. Do you know? I bet this woman is very wealthy by now. Mm, yeah, possibly. I bet people are just giving her money. Here's I bet there's people that are registering like anything. All those Muslims and non Christians rise up because there's something you can do after the rapture. You can become a volunteer, pet caregiver. You know, I never really understood. I don't know what's going to happen to us. Uh, we're, I'm a Jew. I thought we were the chosen one. Oh, so you're really damned. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but here's the deal. Because I love our podcast audience, for all of our, our podcasters, I will take care of your pets. So um, if the signs of the rapture are coming, just go ahead and shoot an email. Email to podcast positively at podcast.com the name of your pet and I will find them and I will make sure I will bring them to my house and it'll all be good. Anyway. And if you want a little <laughs> cuddly toy, you've got volunteer pet cake pet this is all the stuff that you can get as a volunteer pet caretaker. You have to buy it by the way. Oh. But you can get an Abby the Bunny, which is supporting the words after the rapture pet care, volunteer pet caregiver for twenty five ninety nine. Or you can get Maiko the Bear or Sally the Cow. Well so why do I need these toys to make sure that the pets that I have do, are okay? You could yeah. Or oh. you could you know, you've got stickers you can put on your car, you've got oh. T shirts you can wear, mugs you can drink out of, bags you can carry. There is even a volunteer pet caretaker dog T shirt you can put on your dog. I think cashmere would look great in her <laughs> after the rapture t-shirt. In fact, I am so into this. I want to buy one and put it on my dog and walk around with it and see how many people think I am nuts. That would be a great name for a punk band after the rapture. I bet there is one that named after the this rapture. This hat says, I mean, 
They have more T-shirts <laughs> and branded apparel. I've created or, a monster. Okay, than we do, step than away we from do, the website. Then we do <laughs> on our Positively website. Get what are we with doing? It. Because you're before the rapture. It really, that old stuff is going to I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Happy anyway, to be Anyway, so. thank you for the laugh and thank you for, it's been a really like uh, stressful week. So this was a good, oh, stressful week. good. She, after this podcast, she's going to have like 13 million hits because all she? of our listeners are going to go over there and, and, and they're going to click on it and she's going to go, whoa, look it. So anyway, but good for her. You know what? Good Ingenuity, for her. Ingenuity, a free market society. You go girl. This is great because she's making a lot of money. I need to come What's up with something. What's she going to do with all that money though when she's up there and not down here? Who's she going to leave She'll her spend money it before to? Then. She's oh, she will. Yes. I bet she's got nice, you know, big cars and a big house. Nice shoes. Anyway, so uh, how's oh, your week been? My week has been good. I've been very busy. And of course, you know, oh, we're skiing. I'm very lucky to be going skiing for spring mm-hmm. break. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. And I want to just say that out there. <clears throat> I know how lucky I am to be able to afford to go on vacation like that. Yes. It's an expensive vacation. I work very hard. And, but I just, I am terrible as a skier. <laughs> And if I had it my way, we would not be going skiing at spring break. We would be going somewhere warm where I could lie on a beach and do nothing. But no, I'm going to be crawling down those green bunny slopes. Listen. Crying like I normally do. <laughs> Can, I'm going to ask your husband if he will please take a video of that. Oh, there's videos already. I love you it. You want to see videos of yeah, me crying? We're not going to put it on the podcast. <laughs> we are not. There's videos of me crying. Maybe for a laugh. No, it's not going to happen. Well, listen, you're better than I am. I have never been downhill skiing my whole life. Right, yeah, so much. Uh, I, I'm the girl that would sit in the hot tub and wait at the lodge, reading a book, drinking a hot toddy. And by the time you Lovely. come back, I've had 17 bourbons and all is right with the world. But it'll be fun. Well, you know what? Here, take pictures, though, just so we I'm gonna can. I'm going to take pictures. I'll see, I'll see how you, you can have a few tears. And, and you know love. what? I would love to. Do they still have like um, St. Bernard's? They don't. They have other kind of... Um, like rescue Last dogs? year when we were in Aspen, we were filming in Aspen, Colorado for uh, eHow Pets uh, for YouTube. And we were filming with the avalanche dogs, the search and rescue oh, dogs. Yeah, yeah. And they had an Airedale Terrier and an Australian Shepherd. So I think that, you know, obviously in Switzerland, they use some Bernards for mm-hmm. search and rescue. And, um, and there's some great stories about what they used to do up there in the Alps, saving people and travelers. And, and you know, great little piece of information is that if there was a traveler that was in distress and they'd come trapped in the snow and some they, they set out, sent out search and rescue party, what, what these dogs do is not only bring the brandy, the alcohol, but they also lie on top of oh, the person. Keep them warm. Keep them warm. Isn't that amazing? Who you know, knew? Here's the problem. I'd probably be like, oh, I'm parched. I need a cocktail. I need help. Send my St. Bernard. And you know what I mean? Like how many people do that? Like I need a brandy. Anyway. Uh, um, and I'll tell you that sometimes, um, let's see if I can make this transition. All right. You ready? Ready yes. for this? So, you know, sometimes, you know, alcohol helps you get through those tough moments <laughs> and those tough things. Very but good. we know somebody, uh, Dr. Marty Becker, who's a veterinarian, who's doing something new to help your dog with that very difficult transition of going from your home to the vet. I love Dr. Marty Becker. He is American's veterinarian. You've seen him on Good Morning America. I have. Dr. Oz Show, too. Mm-hmm. He's the author of 22 books. Wow. He sold more than 7 million copies combined. Three New York Times bestsellers. He's featured veterinary on Vet Street, which is the Internet's top source of information on pet health, behavior, and more. And not only that, this man is a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And he's very kindly agreed to come on today and talk to us 
about everything that he does, including fear-free vet visits. I'm excited because he's going to help my Sadie get over her fear of visiting the veterinarian. I have a great vet here in Atlanta, Dr. Duffy Jones of Peachtree Hills Animal Hospital. He's going to be coming on an upcoming um, podcast. But... Um, and so I wouldn't want to go to any other vet. But Sadie still gets very nervous when she goes. So what Dr. Marty Becker is doing is doing this thing called Fear Free Vet Visits where he'll tell us about it, where he's going to help your dog or your cat go to the veterinarian and make it a much more pleasant experience. Well, Should we get him on the phone? Yeah, let's do it. And I don't like going to the doctor, so maybe you can help me too. The Positively Hotline is ringing. We don't know what we're going to do. We have no plan. We're just here. Who's calling in this week? He went after her like she's made out of ham. That is interesting. That's exciting. Um, is somebody going to answer that? Hello? Hotline ringing. You're on your phone, and I don't think you're taking any of this seriously. Answer the phone! Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome, Dr. Becker. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, my friend. You are really incredible. I have been telling everybody about your appearances on Good Morning America and the Dr. Oz Show, about how many books you've written, and they're great books. I have a few of them myself. How do you have time to actually be a veterinarian? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my son, who, who's now 23, Lexington Becker, he, he wasn't conceived in Lexington, Massachusetts, but... Uh, we were up there when my wife was pregnant. It was a beautiful fall day, and then we ended up in Lexington, uh, Virginia. So that's how he got his unusual name, Lexington. But he's about seven years old, and he asked me why I took the stairs two at a time. <laughs> we live in a three-level house, and he goes, why do you go up two at a time? I said, I just can't wait to see what's going on. You know, I just love what I do. And I think the thing that's helped me is I, I love my wife. I've been married 35 years to someone I adore. I, I love my life. I love where I live. I love what I do. And it just, I just absolutely love pets, people in the profession. So, uh, you know, I just find time for everything. I've, I've owned seven large veterinary hospitals in my lifetime. Now I just work as an associate veterinarian at two uh, veterinary hospitals in northern Idaho. So I'm an associate veterinarian. But, uh, you know, I've, I've authored or co-authored 22 books and, you know, mm. on GMA, on Dr. Raz, have a nationally syndicated column, but I still find time to not just play a vet on TV, but actually be in there and getting to smell puppy breath and getting to smell <laughs> that kinetic, earthy smell of kittens and, you know, everything from welcoming a new head into the household to, to the saying goodbye to a pet that's been part of their lifetime. Suddenly I feel like an underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it sure helps if you if you love what you do and you have harmony at home. I don't know. I, I feel sorry for the people that don't have that. I'm I'm buoyed up by by what I have at home. And we live on a horse ranch in extreme northern Idaho. So if you if you're good at geography or you want to want to know a trivial pursuit question, is what state is surrounded by six states in a foreign country? And that's Idaho. It's wow. Very very tall. The whole. The whole height of Washington and Oregon to the west, the whole height of Montana and Wyoming to the east, most of Nevada and Utah on the bottom, and then up here where we live in the Panhandle, it's only 45 miles wide. So when I sit on the deck here and look down the throat of this glacial river valley, Montana's 15 miles away, Washington oh. State's 30 miles away, and Canada's seven miles behind us. See, I believe you're going to live longer than the rest of us. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, can we build a place on your property, please, and just move yeah. there full time? Well, Why are there two women in, in the guest house out there? Yes, exactly. Uh, we, li we live in a big log house, too, which is really nice. So you feel like you're on vacation, and, you know, we've got, we love, we have horses, and wow. 
if anybody loves to fish, there's a stream that runs through our property that last year a friend of mine came up. He stood on one rock on this stream and, and caught 16 fish in 30 minutes. Wow. Oh. How many dogs, how many cats do you have? We have four dogs. Uh, we have two canine cocktails, I call them. My, <laughs> my dad and mom used to call them, you know, Heinz 57s or Mutts, and <laughs> I, I kind of coined this term canine cocktail because a that. cocktail has a shot of this, a jigger of this, <laughs> a splash of this. And, <laughs> and thanks to uh, genetics testing now, we can tell exactly what the, you know, with 95% certainty what the, what the breed makeup is. So they're, they're two, I call them the 16-pound doorbells. And Victoria, <laughs> you'd be ashamed of me if you, if somebody were to ring the doorbell right now, you're going to hear this terrific, you know, like tail caught in a fan belt kind of scream as they take off. So they're both about 16 pounds. And I got a lab pit bull cross oh. named Gracie, who's, um, she had, she had every strike going against her. She's black. Mm. She's horrifically crippled. Mm. She was a you know a pit bull cross, and she was in the shelter for two straight two years of her. Wow. She was mm. she was actually twenty eight months old, and from four months of age, she was in a shelter. But <sighs> she is my my sweetheart, and I say that's the world's ideal uh, breed mix because even though she might chew your arm off, she'll bring it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have a 12-year-old golden retriever, Shakira, oh, who got Shakira. sudden acute retinal uh, degeneration syndrome last year, and she's blind. But just I just was out throwing the tennis ball for her in the tall grass up here. You know, it's, there's snow about a thousand feet above me here, about three feet of snow. But where we're at now, it's pretty much thawed out. And she can find that tennis ball. She echolocates and just uses that incredible wow. sense of smell and can still retrieve. We have four cats uh, and three quarter horses. <sighs> Oh my God! It's my idea. All right, listen. Um, I can clean. I can cook. I can. I can pay my own way. There. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. It does. Tell us. Tell us a little bit about your appearances on GMA and how you got to to do that gig and what you like about it and the people you can reach by doing it. Well, well I'm not sure when this airs, but I'm on next Friday, March eighth. It's my seventeenth year of doing TV, and how, how that got started. When I went to veterinary school, I was one of those people that was, I got in early. I got in as a junior, and I'm in the, literally the back row, which is where I sat all through veterinary school. If, if I was even in class, sometimes I was out uh, having a drink or something, you know, or, you know, enjoying, uh, enjoying uh, a, a nap or something. I'm, kind of, I'm kidding mostly there, but I did, I did, well, I'm not kidding when I say I sat in the back row always. But I'm in the back row of the auditorium. It's the first day of veterinary school, and the dean comes up to give his introductory lecture. And I'm sitting in the back, my arms folded. I'm thinking, teach me, train me. I've made it my lifelong dream since I was seven. I'm here. And a guy got up front that he looked like he looked like a cross between Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine, <laughs> I- Ichabod Crane, and Stewie from Family Guy. Wow. And this crazy squished-looking head, and, he, and this crazy bow tie that had lights going around it. So it looked, it looked like sequential lights like on an old, uh, you know, 69 Cougar where they used to have those crazy sequential taillights. And... Uh, I went, I went to veterinary school to become a, a mixed animal practitioner. I, I was born and raised on a family farm. I wanted to see, uh, you know, dogs and horses and cats and beef cattle and hogs and all those things. And he ended up giving this incredible talk about the human animal bond that was, it was life changing for me. And at the end of the lecture, he talked about, asked about uh, the people pet partnership, which matched homeless pets with elderly people and asked for volunteers. So, First day of class, first day of school, I went from a mixed animal practitioner to a companion animal practitioner, and 
And Dean Leo Bustad was, has been called America's James Harriet. He taught me about the human-animal bond. He taught me about the human-animal health connection. And so through that filter, I was always out talking about the human-animal bond. And when the Chicken Soup for the Soul series first came out, they were looking for other books to do right off the bat. And the pet books came up, and my name kept coming up from people saying, oh, Dr. Becker's the one that talks about the human-animal bond, you know, the soft side of pets. And so I... I Started that was my first. Uh, actually, my second book was uh, uh, Chicken Soup for the Pet Lover Soul, and then I was back in New York doing media for it. And the resident veterinarian on Good Morning America, Michael Kritzik, who'd been there ten years, he suddenly passed on uh, unexpectedly of AIDS, and they were looking for a veterinarian. And and uh, my publicist knew somebody, and and I got a chance, and that was seventeen years ago. Wow. And through, through that, I met Dr. Oz about. Eight nine years ago, we become friends, and then when his show started, I started doing Doctor Oz, and you know, kind of one thing leads to another, mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, well, I think you're fantastic, and you know what I love about you is not only are you brilliant at what you do, but you're just such a kind, lovely person. You have this aura about you that just you just want to sort of sit. You feel like you're just sitting next to a nice big open log fire with a person <laughs> you've known for a hundred years. That's you're on what fire, like. she says. Yeah, on fire. Um, could you tell me or tell our listeners a little bit more about Fear Free? Nobody should fear a trip to the veterinarian because as we discussed at the Global Pet Expo when we met, my Sadie, my lab, when she goes, I have a great vet here in Atlanta. When she goes to the vet, though, she trembles. She she really, she's scared. She doesn't like it. And my dog, Cashmere, does the same thing. I think it's universal among dogs. Yeah. And well, well, let, let me let me tell you how this happened. If you were to ask the veterinary community, you know, it's Dr. Rods that started calling me America's uh, veterinarian. By the way, Oprah called him America's doctor, and <laughs> and he started calling me. So I didn't. It wasn't like I thought one day I think I'll be America's veterinarian. You know, <laughs> but if people that have known me, you know, I've I've lectured on six continents twice in one. You know, two different times in one year. I was on six continents lecturing to veterinarians. I've been to over ninety countries. I've uh, I've taught at every veterinary school in the United States and Canada before for several years. I mean, I I am involved with veterinary medicine from the breadth and the depth of it. And if people know me, they know me for the the celebration of the human animal bond, those kind of chicken soup stories where you celebrate, protect, and nurture that special affection connection people have with their pets. The sec the second thing is the human animal health connection or the healing power of pets. Uh, I wrote a book called The Healing Power of Pets with a former New York Times reporter and. And that book is still the, the Bible when it comes to you know, how pets help people live happier, healthier, fuller lives. But the thing that I am so passionate about now, it, it hit me about four years ago. I was at a veterinary conference and heard the famed veterinary behaviorist, Dr. Karen Overall from Penn, say, the worst thing a social species can experience is fear, and it causes permanent damage to the brain. And in that instant, I thought of 500 pounds of humans holding down a 10-pound cat in a veterinary hospital to get a blood sample. Mm. And I and I've been part of that scrum where you you thought I have to get the sample, we got to get it to the lab, we got to see what's wrong. And, and meanwhile, this cat thinks it absolutely is going to die. And then and then Dr. Overall was going through some of the signs of anxiety in dogs and cats. And and frankly, I I had been blind to it before. I, I knew some of the things, you know, the trembling, the panting, and the increased heart rate. But when she went down to the subtleties of it of a dog that is suddenly shifting its weight, of a dog that's hardening of the eyes and you see more of the sclera, the whites of the eyes, the ones that avoid their, you know, avoid uh, eye contact, that turn or turn away from people, have their tail down, 
that are licking their lips excessively. They're yawning like they're bored. Mm -hmm. They're shaking like they're shaking dry from the bath, but they're not wet. All these things are signs of anxiety or fear. Then I went back in the hospital now, and I'm looking at these pets in the exam room of the hospital I'm working at, and I realized 90% of the cats and 80% of the dogs were absolutely terrified. And before, you just think, oh, we gotta, we got to run them through the machinery of veterinary medicine. We have to, and they're going to come out better. Well, that's what pediatric dentistry did for decades, and that's why people uh, didn't want to go as adults to the, the dentist because it was pain, it was misery, it was all these things that were, you know, anxiety. And now, you know, I've got a three-year-old granddaughter, Reagan, and when they go to the dentist, there's videos and music and special lighting and special glasses and all these things to make it where it's, you know, fear-free dentistry. And so what I want to do, I am committed in however long it takes, whatever it takes to make it to where nobody should fear a trip to the vet. And I'll give you an example of how this can work. Let's take cats, for example. Cats, uh, when you take the carrier out the night before the vet visit or the morning of the vet visit, that cat looks at that. Now, last time it was in that carrier, it wasn't pleasant. So the cat is absolutely freaked out. It instantly goes and hides. And then it's like trying, when you try to grab the cat, it's like trying to stuff a wild cat into, you know, you're on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and you've captured some <laughs> wild animal you're trying to stuff in there. And it sounds like somebody's dying in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, sounds like stalling Cessna. You see the thing moving. It's like Jurassic Park where there's that image of the, the enclosure with the grasses moving and you think, what is in there? You hear these sounds. Then the thing comes out at the vet hospital. It flies out of there like a furry jack-in-the-box with, with furry shrapnel. <laughs> You know, going all over the place. It does hieroglyphics on the vet's face as it lurches to the top of the counter. So here's how here's how we do it differently for cats now on a fear-free visit. First of all, the carrier is out and it's part of fun furniture. It's a carrier that has uh, I like Petmates carriers and they have a new one that I helped design called the Navigator. And the great thing about it is you can you can assemble it or disassemble it in 30 seconds. So you can leave the door off. A cat can go in the top or the bottom. And some cats like to go in the top, out the front. Some like to go in the front, out the top. Some like to go in and out the front. You just let them pick how they want to do it. It's always left out. It's part of fun furniture. We give them treats. We give them new toys. We put it in there. And then we use pheromones. We use feel-away, the feline um, facial pheromone that cats use to rub, kind of like the cat good housekeeping seal of approval. Every once in a while, I just go by and spread some of that in there so they're thinking, oh, I love this place. <laughs> and when we when they get ready to go to the vet, we have them come in and get two doses of anxetine, which is L-theanine. It's a natural green tree extract. It's in a chewable tablet from a company called Verbac. And this, cats, surprisingly, cats who are hard to get to take medication love the taste of this stuff. So that's one good thing. So they take two doses, one 12 hours before, one two hours before the visit. We have them use pheromones very liberally with three towels. There's one towel over the top of the carrier. There's one towel on the bottom of the carrier. And then there's a towel that the cat can get underneath and hide. When they come into the hospital, there's there's special music playing. So the cat's already got the anxetanes in the pheromones. It's in this carrier that it's familiar with. When it comes in, there's music playing that's clinically proven to reduce stress in dogs and cats. There's pheromones in the air. We do something called weight management where the cat is immediately taken with the owner into a waiting room. The weight management has in WAIP. Mm-hmm. When it when it gets into the exam room, we we've we pre-educated people about fear free. We don't put the carrier up on the table anymore because cats at home are usually shoot off the table. Get off the get off the get off the counter, you know. Well, we don't want to put them up on the counter, so we put it on the floor, turn the carrier towards the wall, 
And then we tell people, we're going to let you spend about 10 minutes in here before we come back in because, you know, that's about how long it takes a cat to calm down in this environment. We give them a little thing to read. We're using disinfectants that are less astringent. Uh, the lighting is subdued. We're going to use a quieter voice in there. It's not that we've lost our voice. It's just we know that, you know, they want a lower voice. When we come in, we find out where the cat is. Is it in their lap? Is it still in the carrier? Is it up on the scale with the towel? There's a, uh, there's a warm towel we put up on the on the exam counter, by the way, and then that's where we do our exam. And for years, uh, you know, I've been a veterinarian for, well, 1980s, so what is that, uh, 20, 30, 33 years, always did tip of the nose to tip of the tail on every animal, and Mm -hmm. now we do the opposite with cats. We start at the back, delay the head till the last. Uh, If we have to examine a cat's mouth or, or, or something close, we use a product called Clipnosis that is just it's a clip that was developed at the Ohio State University College of Veterinary Medicine, and it, it clips on the back of the cat's neck like like you uh, mother cat would would uh, pick up a kitten. Mm-hmm. But I put it on myself first. We have the we have the pet owner, uh, the cat owner, put it on themselves so they see it doesn't hurt, and then we put it on the cat. And um, you know, I could keep going with this, but it, it's w- what you've got. And we tell everybody to bring the pets in hungry. I mean, really hungry, so they respond better to food rewards. And by the time this thing is over, there is there is no anxiety or very little anxiety. They don't think they're going to die. Yeah. So um, you know, it's just uh, uh, you know, we got a cat that's uh, you know, not only does a cat not mind coming in, but the pet owner doesn't mind coming in, and that's why I say nobody should fear a trip to the vet. Not the cat, not the dog, or not the pet owner. And I just think this, uh, you know, the end of this, it dramatically changes everything. The pets win, the pet owner wins, uh, veterinary medicine wins, and, and uh, we can finally get these cats back into where we can catch things in this early early phase before and it causes a necessary pain expense or worse. Right. Is it fairly similar to dogs then? Obviously, it's that whole comfort thing and that, you know, good experience thing. Yeah, and what dogs, what we do... You know what? I, I pardon if I got off on this thing. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I'm campaigning. I, I <laughs> no, it's, like, it, no, this is fascinating information. Please. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm Billy Graham, you know, or Martin Luther King or something. I'm so no, passionate about this. But for dogs, for dogs and cats, we use uh, thunder shirts, and we have a lending wardrobe because I don't want somebody to have to go out and buy one just to see if it works. But uh, we have a lending wardrobe of thunder shirts. We uh, we'll actually give them uh, the product called Adaptal for dogs. Uh, in the other product, Anxitane's the same, but we, um, we'll let them use some, and then, you know, if it works well, we'll have them, you know, buy their own supplies so that they're using it for other kinds of noise phobias and other things for separation anxiety. But, and, and again, for dogs, it's, the, the music that's in that exam room is through a dog's ear. It's yeah. clinically proven Which we to love reduce. It. Well, yeah, that's, you know about mm-hmm. that, Victoria. Mm-hmm. So, and it, you know, back in the back, in the, in the, the treatment area, we have dogs TV playing, which you know very well again. Yes. And, and part of this, you have to understand, you know, Victoria, I know you come from a, a theater a background, and part of this is creating theater. Some of this stuff can work dramatically. Some dogs and cats, just the anxiety makes it a fear-free visit. For others, the, the, the thunder shirt makes it a fear-free visit. But, for, for these pet owners, since they think that this is going to be a fear-free visit, there's actually things that are, you know, that are orchestrated to make it a fear-free visit, they feel less uh, anxious. And so then that anxiety doesn't toggle up and down the leash or the carrier. 
so part of it is just that the owner's not anxious, and you know that really helps uh, the pet be less anxious and helps us to kind of orchestrate a pleasant experience. Yeah, you know, I I just think it's such an important idea and such a great idea and so important. And you know, how is how is this going to translate to other vets? How are you going to get the word out so that other vets can do this as well? Well, I, I am, uh, you know, when I'm passing behind something, I am not to be denied, and I've <laughs> I've actually orchestrated. Uh, there's a meeting at the American Animal Hospital Association meeting coming up, so. The people that, and, and I'm not the only one that's been working on this. Let, let me be clear on this. It's not like, uh, it, uh, you know, there's a certain dog trainer out there. I won't mention who it is. There's a certain trainer that is like, I've been given this gift that nobody else has. Yeah, right. I and, think we know right. who you mean. Yeah, okay. And so nobody else has this gift. And and, uh, and, and we all know, Victoria, that there's, there's lots of really good trainers out yes. there that use the methods that we approve of. And the same thing here, uh, Dr. Sophia Yen is a, a board-certified veterinary behaviorist that's been working on low-stress handling. Alana Roden, who also went to Washington State University, has been working on uh, on creating, uh, you know, low, uh, I don't know kind of what her term is, but kind of low-stress visit for cats. So I've crowned all these people. We're going to meet at the American Animal Hospital Association. We're going to compare notes on what everybody's been doing, what we're finding out. You know, like work, work, by the way, is along in our practice. We've been doing this for two years. So we really know, you know, what didn't work, what worked. And then, uh, and then I'm going to be lecturing at the world's largest veterinary conferences, both in, uh, in Europe and the United States on it. And then we'll, you know, we'll put out, uh, you know, videos and, and it's not something I want to own. It's not something that we're going to, you know, it's going to be like a licensing. I, it's just my, my gift to the profession and my gift to pets and my gift to pet owners that, that, you know, we coordinate a lot of really compassionate, caring, uh, proactive people and get this done. Gosh, you know what? What's, you know what's going to happen is you're going to have animals that aren't going to want to leave the surgery. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. They're going to go, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. I'm going to the vet, and there's great TV to watch and great music, and we have lovely smells, and it's awesome handling. Now, Victoria, can I tell you, you're going to think, I'm going to tell you two things that I haven't. I may, I may have told the one before, uh, maybe once, okay, on, on an interview. But I'll tell you what an animal lover I am. I used to be a hunter. When I was born and raised and, you know, and growing up in southern Idaho, we had, you know, grown on a family farm and, you know, I hunted ducks and pheasants and stuff. And, and, and after I went to veterinary school and I saw suffering, when I saw an animal that had been injured, I, I could no longer hunt. So, not, and so bad that I, I could not only am such a friend of, of every animal, but we have we live up here deep in the mountains, and we have deer mice that come in the house, and we have live traps. And about two years ago, one of the mice, uh, you know, when I opened the trap up, he was shocky. You know, like it'd be like an animal that had been dehydrated and was in shock, had been injured. So I actually gave the mouse uh, subcutaneous fluids and a little tiny bit of steroid and revived the mouse. <laughs> and I and I put it in my coat and I hauled it around as I'm doing chores and revived this mouse so we could go back out and live out in the woods and have wow. another shot of getting in our house. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you could come back. We actually have, uh, I'm going to practice here in a couple weeks, and I've actually uh, contacted a pet massage therapist. And I'm going to see what it's like to have a massage therapist come in and work with me uh, while I'm practicing that day, and actually give massages to pets, hmm. so that there's, so that these pets in the waiting room are being massaged, and then before I come into the exam room, they get a massage, and afterwards oh. they get a massage. <laughs> so, call me crazy, but I, who knows where this is going to take us? <laughs> but I want to make it to where, where pets actually, uh, actually, 
I actually look forward to going to the vet. And I want to tell you one story, too. I had a dog. I was working at Lakewood Animal Hospital in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and there was a dog named Happy that I met for the first time. Mm-hmm. This dog, I think every veterinarian has seen a case where somebody had a collar that was too small that had grown into the neck of a dog or cat. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and those are horrible. You know, they're, they're, the, the skin has grown up around it, and they're smelly, and it's painful, and we all get sick. And But something happened here. A, a lady found a dog. She was riding a horse by this path all the time. She hears some some sound, and she finally went over to investigate. And there was a dog in a raised cage that had actually grown into the cage. <gasps> People would. Uh, it sounds impossible, but I've seen pictures. Of this dog had grown into the cage. Wow. She didn't even bother to see whose dog it was. She just hauled the cage off, rode into town, uh, rode in, rode to her house. Took the dog into town, got the got the cage, you know, dog, uh, you know, out of the cage and treated, and it was adopted by a, a very nice family. But they trained hunting dogs, and so the dog had a lot of anxiety, a lot of, of noise phobias, and it wasn't good to be around somebody that was training hunting dogs. So somebody heard about it in down in La Jolla, California, adopted the dog, and they live half the year in La Jolla, half the year in Fort Lane, Idaho. Well, this dog has a, a metabolic disorder that has to be had blood tests monthly. And this dog is terrified of coming to the vet. I mean, it's showing every sign of anxiety. It's just trembling like crazy. You know, it, the owner has to pack the dog in and they do the blood test and goes back out. And I talked to him about Fear Free and I said, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't have to happen. We can change this. And so we did a lot of the things I was telling you about and we got, we got the dog about 50% better, but uh, it was still obvious it was in anxiety and fear. So I prescribed Xanax, which is the generic is Alprazolam, mm-hmm. and Xanax works really well for dogs mm-hmm. with thunderstorm phobias or you know Fourth of July uh, fireworks season or the start of hunting season in some areas. And the great thing about Xanax is it's an appetite stimulant and it's disassociative. So the 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 pet really doesn't kind of remember the visit. Plus, it has they just want to eat rocks. I mean, they love to eat stuff under this stuff. So now we have the dog named Happy who's hungry as all get out, that hasn't been fed since, you know, about noon the day before. And you ought to see this dog now. It actually comes in and jumps up and hits the front door of its feet to come into the hospital. It looks forward to every month when it gets to come in and get its blood drawn. And, yes, some of it was, uh, you know, a little chemical sleight of hand. Yes, uh, some of it is, uh, you know, this whole theater of this experience. But it's just so gratifying to see this dog want to come in there. It's tail wagging. The owner delighted for something that we have to do to keep this pet, uh, you know, happy and healthy. Well, I'm going to be wo- working with your daughter, Mikkel, who is going to help me with Sadie and um, I think going to be sending me a care package. And, of course, we love Thundershirt. For you guys out there, Thundershirt is a great product. If you want to buy Thundershirt, please go to our store, positively.com slash store. Uh, we have them in stock of all sizes. Thundershirt really kind of acts the same kind of way as if you're swaddling a baby. When you swaddle a baby, it's that feeling of that pressure that keeps that baby calm. And Thundershirt works in a similar sort of way. So I have used it on a lot of thunderstorm-phobic dogs, a lot of dogs that have anxiety, and now I need to use it on Sadie. So Mikael, who is wonderful and is a trainer in her own right and I know does a lot of work with you, is going to help me. Well, I want to tell you one thing. It's funny about cats. We started using it in cats. And really? I, 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 I did a Good Morning America segment last uh, December 28th. It was the top new pet product of 2012. And 
we were going to demonstrate a, a, a pet carrier that fits on the front of a bicycle. So it you know fits on the on the handlebars and and to demonstrate this, we, they brought in two shelter cats, and there were two brothers, and they were wild. And luckily, I had number one, I had pheromones with me, I had feel away, and number two, we we were gonna one of the products we were gonna show was thunder shirts, and it got this little wild cat out, and he was wild, wild eyed, and his eyes, you know, his his pupils were dilated, and his tail was twitching like real angry, and. Anyway, I, I was wearing the pheromone. I'd put it on about 45 minutes before so the alcohol had dissipated. And he takes a big whiff of my of this uh, feel away, and he's like, oh, he's really calming down a little. And then I put the thunder shirt on him, and it was instantly transformative. Wow. He, he His little tail got nice, a little relaxed, and he was looking around, and his, his ears were perfectly set. And then he was eating me out a couple times, and then he started purring. Hmm. So we stick him in. The, we stick him in the. You know, now it's about you know two minutes before we go live, and we put him in the carrier, and and uh, and then the, the host. Ha- you know, we start the segment. He goes, now who do we have in there? And I go, well, this is. I think his name was DJ. He's a little shelter cat, and I took him out of there, and he had his undershirt on, and then I held him the rest of the segment. And we got down to the end. We were showing a, a an interactive food puzzle called Green. And as I squatted down to demonstrate it, there was little DJ, the little cat, just sitting there on my lap, not holding it, purring because of the thunder shirt. But I want to, I want to tell everybody, it's not going to work on all cats. You know, I'd say 45 to 50 percent of the cats you can use it with, and it works for those. It works, it works really well. But we call it uh, freeze and fall because you find this out, Victoria, as you use this. These cats, when you put it on it, they fall over just like they've been hit with a tranquilizer gun. <laughs> and, but it's funny, they're, re- they're really relaxed. They're, they're happy. They're, all their body language is, is good. They're purring. You can do things to them, but it's really funny. Some cats fall, but most of them, we, we, I just call it freeze and fall. I don't know what the, how it's going to shake out what we call it, but uh, it yeah. just works so well. You know, and I think this is something that's greatly missing. If we, if people want to find out more um, about fear free visits, goodness me, can you uh, tell us a good website to go to? Yeah, my online home is vetstreet.com. and also all the notes, the same notes that I use in my in my veterinary lectures, is on drmartybecker.com. If you go up on the the top left of the uh, of the website, you'll find it there. But uh, You'll start seeing lots of this stuff on on com and and again uh, I'm hoping Victoria that in in years to come we we you know we're on many times we talk about this and we can look back and remember remember and we decided we were going to do something about this and fantastic it was so nice to meet you Dr Becker and so nice to hear great stories and. Uh... <clears throat> We're going to book our flight right now to come visit you in your beautiful home. Well, anytime. We've we got, we got plenty of room, okay, and fishing poles. Thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> and for anybody a- who wants to see Dr. Becker in person, you can go to New York and go to the GMA Studios and meet him there when he's on. And I absolutely guarantee you're going to have a great time. I've been to those studios a number of times, and it's fun. <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, um, coming on our show today and Please, in the future, we'd love to have you on again. Oh, thank you, my friends, and all the best. Everybody out there that has the pets, remember, we're all going to give our pets treats. But uh, (laughs) remember to do them in the right portions because we know 50% of America's pets are overweight or obese. So I I can't tell you. When you come out to visit sometime, and I hope you do, 
all of our animals are at the right of body weight. Our dogs, our cats, our horses. Good. I yeah. wish I was. My wife is, too. <laughs> but I'm the only one that's not. That's right. what my husband says. I'm a little skinny, but my husband's the other way, so... That's what he says. Anyway, one day, one day we'll get out there. Yes. Thank you okay. so much Thank for you, joining Dr. us. Becker. Bye, friends. Bye. Wow, he is so. First of all, he's charming and he's so entertaining, but he just knows everything. I see what you mean when you said he's just like brilliant. He is. He is the kind of guy that you just want to sit down by the fire with and talk to. <laughs> or he is the fire, as you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Anyway. Um, that was great. So, yeah, on GMA, I'm going to have to watch him now. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Um, it's time to go already. Um, time flies when you're having fun. But I wanted to um, ask you, so Dognition, that discount is still, Dognition.com is still going on through the end of March, yes, right? So you yep. get $20 off if you mention, uh, use the promo code Victoria39, and it's at Dognition.com where basically you can do all these tests with your dog and find out how they think and all these experts and, you know, dog therapists and what do you call them? Well, dog? it's behaviorists. It's be- there you it's, go. Yeah. It's behavioral specialists that are doing this, researchers. Yes. Um, so you can work with your dog. So that will still uh, happen. And also, you are heading to Sweden Yes, soon, I am. March 16th Very and shortly. 17th. Mm-hmm. Still uh, tickets available, positively.com slash appearances if you're going to be in Sweden and want to see Victoria. And then also the Miami Dog Bite Conference, April 26th, positively.com slash DBC to, uh, to see you and have maybe a... Uh, Margarita or something. I'm also going to be in Toronto. Oh, I love Toronto. Where? Yeah, I'm going to be at this great expo, this pet expo, and that's going to be on Friday the 29th of? and Saturday the 30th of March. Oh, yeah. very nice. I love Toronto. It's one of my favorite cities. I've never been there. Oh, it's just outside love of Toronto. So, yeah, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to tell you places to eat and go. You'll love Thank you. Anyway. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, have, a good, uh, have a good vacation. Be careful skiing, and we'll talk to you when you get back. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at It's Me or the Dog. This Positively Podcast has been brought to you by Pets Ad Life, who encourage you to get a pal for your pet. Visit PetsAdLife.org or the Pets Ad Life Facebook page to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.